Hey, welcome to the Mostly Skateboarding Podcast. I'm your host, Temple Tonelli, and I'm joined this week by Mike Munsonetter and Jason from Frozen and Carbonite to talk about Jack O'Grady and John Shanahan's Sodi prospects and the current state of skate media. On Monday, Thrasher gave us Squish from Jack O'Grady. Then on Wednesday, we saw John Shanahan's Double Down part. These are no doubt entries into their 2023 Skater of the Year resumes. Mike, how is this race stacking up? We also got a note that we record on Thursdays, so Pedro Delfino's part is still uh, TBD as far as we know. I'm sure it'll be a banger. But Mike, um, how, how's the race looking currently? They're they're doing Sodi this year, yeah? Is that what you're telling me? It seems like, it seems like it. They are? I mean, some I mean, people have 20 minutes of footage out there. Oh uh, yeah, you gotta now you gotta link the uh, analytics part. Yeah, I'll do respect to those skaters who put out pretty rad parts this week. Like, doesn't actually seem, at least compared to the past three to four years, like Sodi is happening because I feel like we got inundated with footage. Yeah, through the month like October into November, and now that this is you know the one of the last days of November as of taping going to be december when this podcast comes out it's a bit strange but um to actually answer the the questions laid out like shanahan o'grady shanahan part's great i think a month ago i'd have said yeah now i'm, I'm shifting again to, to seriousness a month ago i'd have said that like tom knox had it had it laced up but then he never had like that knockout part come out john shanahan fake heel backside nose grind um, just so much tasteful city skating. His gear is pretty darn good. His shoe looks good on him. Nolly inward heels are great. The one over the can off the bump is incredible. But I actually think like the one in New York where he like ollies up a thing and then does it over a bar and then drops off a curb. Like that one's almost better. It's I do that trick. I can't pop it over anything. I can barely do it on flat ground actually. So that's awesome. Jack O'Grady, he's a ripper. I don't know if he's up like like I don't know if his skating is for me. I'll leave it there and maybe we can circle back. Jason, did I put anything into the ether that's worth building off of? Yeah, I mean Jack O'Grady, he's more he's way more in the thrasher in the traditional thrasher mold of a Soji. Like he gets a lot of mileage out of, you know, skating fast as shit and yes, you know, doing powerful kind of basic tricks like he's a power he's like a speed and power guy he's not like a style or tricks guy you know but i kind of feel like the one year like that he did like the handrail gap handrail that was on the cover i think he had more so used that year actually um he did have a cover this year which was pretty fucking crazy it was like a ollie ollie set to like a really skinny runway one of those deals don't know if it was ever in a clip it probably was like there's something it was in the seven ball video oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. there you go thanks nike video right yes so yeah if you put those two parts together plus you had a bunch of shit in uh, that avizan x passport video where they went and skated like avizan went skate australia and passport went skate in japan which was a really dope concept but i think to get soda you have to do either be super consistent throughout the year so it's undeniable like a mason silva or you have to do something completely insane at the end of the year like a taishan to just completely like you know blow everyone out of the water and not sure if o'grady is there yet uh shanahan is terrific i mean full disclosure i own a pair of pangea jorts 
they're great. Yeah, no one's really out there doing this, this type of like maybe bronze, maybe the bronze affiliates is kind of midtown plaza skating. I probably because they're they're such intense busts. Like the Payne Weber benches, he probably went through and did that in like two minutes, like first or second try. Which which line was that? For that us was the one. Oh yeah, of course. Those are those big gray marble benches where he did like a ollie over one of them and then oh yeah yeah maybe like a cook and grind and then a switch heel flip backside 50 ollie 50180 switch heel 50 yeah yeah quim cardona benches from yeah yeah big quim cardona spot and as far as sodi goes not i mean they're they seem to be backing him hard as fuck like they posted a bunch of his shit on their instagram the thrasher instagram that is plus they did like the co-branding in this video but yeah not sure if i can see them giving sodi to like a tasteful midtown plaza type of guy he did throw some transition in there i don't know if that was pandering or what but the fdr is rad and it looks hard as fuck to skate and actually that like he does the nolly nose blump nolly nose blump i was thinking (laughs) of the bump that he nollied off of to nolly nose bump blunt holy cow but uh yeah, he nollies off like a total hump, just steep, topless thing in that it has no top. It just rounds off, and I don't know how you nollie out of that. But, yeah, the, F- the FDR shit was cool, I think. Yeah, I mean, as a, a known skate park hater, I was I was okay with it. It did feel a little bit like pandering to me, but it is also kind of like, you know, shows that John Shanahan is a well-rounded dude, which if you follow him on Instagram, you know he's he's got yeah. it in the parks. Yeah, it, it's interesting looking at, for those out there wondering, all the stats are coming from Skatefolio, that's skatefol.io. They have a SOTY tracker. And right now, Jack O'Grady is sitting at 10 minutes and 12 seconds of footage. Shanahan's at 14 minutes and 21 seconds. 88 clips for Jack O'Grady. 127 for John Shanahan. That's these guys by the numbers by Skatefolio. Thank you to them for all their hard work. Yeah, shout um, out, shout out whoever does this. Like they're a like freaking genius. Yeah, a genius and also a saint for putting in <laughs> countless hours of collating clips and all that stuff so that we can talk about this stuff. I'm not sure if Shanahan is like a Sodi guy. Like like he's not the thrasher type but i think he's put in the work he's had let's go back to the stats he's had three parts three cameos you know everything's been really sick he's been doing the pangea gene stuff i feel like jack o'grady is more in the mold of a skater of the year type guy but i feel like he's like all power and not a lot of i don't want to say substance but like like he's got a, a light bag of tricks you know like how many crooked grinds did he do in that part? Because, like, was, I watched... He did a few. He there did were a five few. crooks in under five minutes. Well, it might have been, like, four crooks in one minute into the part, if if I'm, you know... It was it was three crooks before the little intro. Well, and, and, yeah, and there were a lot of heel flips to open lines. It feels like, and this is maybe, I don't know... Like reading between the lines, that that felt like a part that was like, I got a bunch of footage, and we're gonna make it into a part, no matter I, what. If that kind of is it, what it was. Yeah, I, I read I read the Jack O'Grady interview on ThrasherMagazine.com today, and that's kind of 
what it was. You know, he was like, I've got all this footage from Europe. I've got all this footage from L.A. And it sounded like he was planning on having two separate parts. And he hurt his knee. And then it was just like, let's just put all this stuff out and then start fresh when the knee heals up. So that, that's like a correct assessment. Um, maybe a sidebar thing that we don't have to dwell that much on, but like... I don't want to see Jack O'Grady skating in L.A. Maybe I want to see him skate L.A. if the handrail lands in dirt, because that was a really great trick. But, like, the Australian spots he has and, what, Kitsch by Passport, like, that's the Jack O'Grady I want. I mean, when when I say, you know, earlier on that he might not be for me, maybe it's that part that's not for me, because that, that dude skates better elsewhere in my mind. No, yeah, he looked be skating all those spots in Melbourne and Sydney. I think if you combine like he does have like a like a select bag of tricks, but when you combine them with like the Melbourne and or Sydney spots that are kind of fresh and really dope, it's uh it's kind of something. It's a thing. Yeah, I I agree. I think that you know, almost all skaters look better in their natural environment. I kind of feel like it's his time to live in LA and you know, do the whole pro skater thing, but hope, hopefully he'll move back to Australia. It sounds like he's just doing a lot of, going to be doing a lot of traveling, which is what he's been doing for the past few couple of years. Can't let you, any pod warriors dictate what he does, man. Yeah, yeah. Seriously. Uh, tell you what, looking at this Skatefolio site, one thing that stands out is Miles Silvis only has two minutes and 11 clips. Like I thought he had a lot of juice for some reason coming in. Yeah, he... He had that cover, and I think that, yeah. you know, I saw that cover, and I was like, oh, he's got he's got something coming. You know, the, he's going to make a bid for Sodi, but it, it kind of feels like if I was him, I'd be like, I'm just going to hold it and, you know, maybe go next year or something. Oh, yeah, you think? I mean, that's what I would do. It, it seems like it, it's been everything stacked up towards the the later part of Sodi season you know I think that there were some music rights issues that might have caused a little bit of the hold of the stack up yeah but, um, yeah I, I would hold my footage sure would like to see it in the NorCal shit but yeah, that that is a move though I think people have done that like in past years I'm just wondering if you know people I don't know it, it's such a lack of really sick parts from a bunch of really sick skaters this year just in terms of numbers, like we have sick parts from really sick skaters. It's just we have two or three as opposed to, I don't know, half a dozen, eight, nine. And now it, it seems to be encroaching in terms of like just editorial deadlines in terms of making a magazine that announces a skater of the year. It's where where is this thing going to come from or how, how are we going to at least get clued in on what's going to happen? Yeah, somebody mentioned that the uh, the skater of the year issue is probably already at the printer. It's already probably been decided, and you know certainly the people at Thrasher have a clear window into what's coming down the pipeline and the rest of us. So I don't I don't think that's too much of a problem. Ted, if you're listening, Ted from the Rival Podcast, DM us. Am yeah, I allowed this... to be that direct on the podcast here? Sure, never hurts I'll, to ask. I'll tell you what, um, one person. That, as far as I can tell, isn't didn't factor into this skate failure list is Dick Rizzo, who came out with three parts in one month in the month. Yeah, of it's kind of a shame that he's not even on 
on the, the Sodi leaderboard. There's a, there's a few people that put out a lot of stuff this year, but I, I think, yeah, Dick Rizzo deserves uh, some credit for that. And beyond that site, like, Thrasher still hasn't put out its, uh, you know, Sodi hopefuls list, right? You know, with all those crazy headshots. Right, yeah. Does anyone actually believe that that factors into anything? The 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 public voting on Thrasher yeah. ThrasherMag.com or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah, certainly not. Yeah, I I think Sodi's been decided, and I wonder if it's gonna go to Pedro Delfino. I put it in the group chat for the podcast. Like I seen him at the Thrasher Vans demo. No, it wouldn't have been a Vans demo. It was just the Thrasher Minneapolis demo in the park. At the Familia Park and, you know, skate around, tried some frontside flips. Maybe he wasn't feeling it that day. Going to need to see a lot out of the park for me to be convinced uh, Pedro Delfino is our skater of the year. I feel like, you know, for many, many months, people have been saying that it's like a scary good part. You know, like death-defying maneuvers and shit like that. Which well, might play poorly for him, you know, if it doesn't meet the fantastical standards that we built up in our heads. You know, it could just be a letdown no matter how good it is. I mean, we, we, we know the parameters of Skater of the Year. You know, it's what have you done for the Meg and then everything else below that. Like, should it be indicative of someone who actually, like, represents skateboarding at its time? Like, for the year, you know, 2023. Like, who's actually representative of what skateboarding was like in 2023? Because I look at... Mike Carroll in 94, even, you know, Birdman, 92, like, Cardiel, 93. When was Solomon Aga then? I I maybe pushed him out or got my ears wrong. But, like, those dudes seem to have, like, pointed, been representative or been pointing in the direction of which skating's going to go. Like, a Pedro Delfino, like, gnarly's always in vogue, but I don't think, I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking too hard about this. Does this this make sense, Jason? Yeah. Saying? Yeah. Well, well, back then it was just just based on vibes, strictly vibes. Like you know, Salmon in '93 with the switch stuff that was light years ahead. Uh, Cardiel, I think Cardiel was '92, and then he was just going ape shit. It was kind of just whatever Phelps thought was cool at the time. You know, that might have been uh, Kevin Thatcher. Or who who was editor before Phelps? Oh that yeah, you're right. Yeah, think, yeah, not, yeah. It's probably Kevin Thatcher. You're right. But now it's like, you know, algorithms. Uh, basically, algorithms control everything in the world. So the vibes kinda, seem to get it kind of right. I know. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to argue with the vibes at, at that point. And I think it was kind of like that, you know, during Phelps' tenure as well. Like, he had, the, like, the David Gonzalez one when everyone kind of thought, you know, guys should have gotten it because it was a pretty sweet part. And or as some type of lifetime achievement thing. Crazy so, to think about, like, yeah, Guy had that hard video, you know, full video part that was, like, undeniably good, even though nobody talks about Pretty Sweet, like, in a good light anymore. But then Van Anglin had that Vans part, and that seemed to, like, put him over the top, and that was in a video. And now we're just expecting video parts on Thrasher.com in, you know, late October to knock us over the head. It's a funny transformation. Yeah, I think that's, like... Like Mark Suchu was the first one, maybe, maybe, maybe it was earlier than that. But Suchu is the one that I really felt like was campaigning for it, and like he was like showing up at contests you wouldn't really expecting him at, and putting out so many parts. 
and then Milton Martinez kickflipped into the sunset uh, car wash and just won it, which I think is is kind of cooler. Dude did a fucking insane iconic trick, and that's that's what won it for him instead of just a slow grind of part after part after part. On the flip side, it's like Milton. Milton, I think at this point, you know, seeing as how much uh, impact he's had on skating writ large since that kickflip, like he's kind of a weird blip. Like he's not going to influence skating down the line. I don't think so. You know, I, and, I think you're right, and I think there's there's more than a few sodies like that. Well, and I, I think that's like kind of a an issue with the award, and I think it it actually probably really bleeds into the next topic that we're going to do, talking about the state of skate media and maybe how things are too monolithic, at least with respect to Thrasher, you know, like they can give David Gonzalez the Sodi and or Milton Martinez and or trying to think of, you know, other people that are Chris and Tony Trujillo Trujillo winning off a trans world part that watch, watch that in bloom Trujillo part. It's still highly entertaining but dude, he wanted off frontside grinds and frontside grabs. It's insane how like the skating in that part isn't shit. It's incredible. It's amazing. <laughs> Please watch it, listeners. He wanted he wanted on vibes. And, he wanted on he and, wanted and, and on Motley vibes. Crew. Yeah, and whoever edited that video, it's it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's just like it's it's definitely an imperfect award. Like I I I, rem- I, I remember the Chris Sen one. And I just started skating, and he won all those like Europe contests. A wonky skater, but yeah, like there's a there's a handful of these guys, and it's all guys who have won it, and it's like wow, they are I'll, not significant anymore. <laughs> I'll tell you what, if if they did it as you know, like you said, the skater that kind of holistically represents skating from any given year, it might be Shanahan, dude. That's true, because you know inner like city street skating is pretty hot he has the whole like thing with the clothes going on the kids are super into the clothes these days plus skates transition like he's kind of like has his his, uh, feet and all types of different shit so but you know we'll see what happens in december i i still think miles is going to come out with a part but some of them might be right he might roll it over yeah i I would save it at this point yeah into into the next primitive production I mean, I'll mm. tell you what, like, puts Miles Silva over the top is if he comes out in a Mike Bibby Kings jersey, <laughs> like, half the part. Or, like, a Peja Stoyakovich jersey. Like, dude, kill the Bulls stuff. Wear the Sacramento Kings stuff. Cowbell me to death, baby. Come on, do it. He, light, light the beam. Yes. Light, light the, the fucking beam. beam. I'm, I'm, go- I'm going full unadulterated F-bomb for the beam, baby. I have no idea what you guys are talking about. <laughs> Maybe some of our listeners will. I'll do some research and put something in the show notes for uh, the uh, other non-sporty listeners out there. Should we uh, move on to the state of skate media? Yes, please. All right. Skate media is ever-evolving. We went from having a handful of magazines and a few videos every year to one big magazine and some websites. Now we've still just got one big magazine, but we got a bunch of new ones popping up, plus websites, newsletters, podcasts, plus websites, newsletters, and podcasts rounding things out. Jason, how does the media landscape look from where you are? Well, there's only one mag, unless you count Closer, which is fucking sick. But that's more like a quarterly kind of like art mag. 
I guess Thrasher is the only monthly out there. Yeah, it's only monthly. Is Skate John? Is Skate John a magazine or a zine? I would consider Skate John more like a zine, I think. Or, yeah, somewhere between a magazine and a zine. And also Free has physical copies as well. But pretty much, all in all, for the most part, there's only one monthly. That being said, it's uh, really interesting because, you know, when there's three mags like Transworld Thrasher Slap, or Thrasher Transworld Skateboard Mag, or even Thrasher Transworld Skateboard Mag Skateboarder, they were all kind of like on their own trajectory, you know, like Thrasher had their thing, Transworld had, had their San Diego guys, whatever. They Their trajectories hardly ever crossed. Now, everything's like a big web, you know, almost like a, a, a web covering the whole world or something like that. Hmm. You, you, know, you, got, you know, you got Thrasher... And they're also on Instagram and YouTube, and like YouTuber stuff pops up on free. And Thrasher, Thrasher stuff pops up on free. You know what I mean? So everything's kind of interconnected between the different platforms. And you still have a lot of zines like Skateism, you know, Closer, which is, uh, can't speak highly enough of. I don't know. How would you categorize Closer? It's not like a periodical. I mean, I, I think just definitionally, quarterly magazine really well done you know i mean jamie owens was of Transworld and before that skateboarder so it's like he's the main man behind that and yeah it's a highly professional just quarterly magazine yeah yeah highly awaiting the new uh the new one with the jake johnson area i think but yeah there's the way everything's interconnected with all different platforms is crazy like you get podcasts like this one now there are all these sub stacks popping up. The one platform that never really got going is the, the skate TikTok. Yeah, skating never really... As far as I know. Yeah, as far as I've been able to tell, it hasn't really picked up on TikTok. Mike, how are things looking from where you are? I mean, you, you wrote a, a whole thing about magazines recently for Quarter Snacks. What's your yeah, view? what were you continuing? Oh, I was just say? like, what's your, what's your view of all this? I mean, let me pull up my notes. I definitely think that, yes, Closer is great quarterly. So that's, you know, how does that work out? Yeah, yeah, four winter, spring, year. summer, four times a year. Uh, I was trying to think of the best way to, you know, explain, encapsulate that or whatever. There are other magazines like Mess, which comes out on its own schedule. 2001, which is fantastic and big and I'm not Very sure cool. how well, if, if, if they're keeping up with their schedule right now. I haven't checked. I think some competition would be good vis-a-vis another monthly magazine coming out and kind of offering a different point of view from what Thrasher offers. Not that anything that Thrasher is doing is wrong, but I think competition just in terms of like competing for eyes, that's always good. And competing for, you know, who has the narrative or who is actually presenting skateboarding in an interesting and like provocative way. You know, I I, I do think that the Thrasher, like, not to pick on the kid, Jack O'Grady, like just crooked grinding that shit in Paris, Ollie the Stairs, fuck yeah. And then Evan Smith interviews Jack O'Grady. Was that crooked grind sick? Yeah, it's like, we're not bringing anything new to the table. I think that competition for Thrasher, and it doesn't have to be a uh, Transworld vibe. It doesn't have to be a, the Skateboard Meg vibe. 
it just needs to be a different point of view and i think that could be good for skateboarding because does any do you guys either of you guys think that like just kind of the the vibe yeah the skateboard vibe in terms of how media is made and there's a lot of media out there let's 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 put the magazines aside but you know it feels like a lot of instagram stuff and or yeah i think instagram is the biggest factor like it's all aping thrasher right now am i wrong well Uh, what do you what do you mean like who's aping thrasher like all the the instagram content farms yeah kind of just the you know this is such a vague thing that i'm trying to get at you know quote unquote the general public or or am i wrong and there's you know more diverse stuff out there well instagram it seems like it gets kind of boring because everyone just kind of posts and reposts the same stuff you know like for example someone will post that like that one arto sorry swiss 360 flip from some contest some euro contest then you know as will post it and thrasher will post it it's like a big you know i want to say circle jerk but it kind of is um echo right chamber. and like 16 yeah. of your friends shared on their story yeah yeah it, it gets a little tired echo chamber. yeah I th- i'm pretty bored of instagram it's just like too much of the same too long you know i feel like the ideal length of an instagram post is like one trick just give me one trick that's all i really want and then i can move on but I, I think in general, I think the, the state of skate media is like better than it's ever been. Um, ever been. Yeah, I, th- I think that the internet has like democratized it. And we're just a couple of folks who have a podcast, you know, like we've got some industry connections, connections, sure. But it's not our day job and it doesn't have to be. And, you know, look at Quarter Snacks or I don't think Mess could could be in another time i i think that yeah we're we're in a great time for skate media you know i think the writing has never been better i think that we're we're telling more interesting stories i I think it's really good yeah i think we buried the or at least i (laughs) i buried the the lead of the story which is yeah i agree with you like the writing that's happening nowadays is insane and i feel like there was a long time ago you know more interesting work going on in skate magazines like the published printed stuff you know like there'd be i mean this is late 90s but you know there'd be gone's short stories and weirder stuff in thrasher and uh transworld was always a little bit more literate than thrasher even back then slap 2 included you know just stranger nerdier items i remember there was a great like table ranking all the ledge tricks that you could do backside nosebone slide was ranked the highest and it was like that was up front of the magazine front of the book thing and slap and i don't know i i I, yeah templeton i agree that like the state is good but i feel like we're missing out on some of the nitty gritty like like a table in a magazine that just tells you you know how to think about what ledge tricks are better than others I don't know. I I think there's like some nitty gritty that's missed out because maybe a point of view. Maybe there's there's less point of view now. It's just like we're stoked for everybody. Everybody's cool. You know, like we're a big tent. You know, there's less gatekeeping. Yeah. It's just like I don't know. I'm I'm kind of pro gatekeeping, and the, I don't. I realize I'm coming from like you know a white male perspective, who's uh, the few gates kept from me. But 
you know, you got to kind of keep the kooks out. I don't know how that's going to land, but I'll, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what, back to, you know, the gone short stories and stuff like that. If you look at a thrasher from like the early nineties, like 1991, like the amount of text is insane. You know, a lot of pages are just like a fucking wall of text, but, um, but Mike, do you, do you seriously think like another, another print mag, like someone's going to float the, the vent, the venture cap for that in this day and age with the way print mags are, I mean, you you work in journalism, so you probably know. I'm not that. I'm not that in the know. Uh, if you look at the old model, which was that apparently tr- truck truck companies were like the center of skateboarding when Transworld right. Thrasher came about in the early '80s. Like, I don't necessarily see there being the cash base for another print magazine that goes monthly coming out of the industry necessarily. I'm not smart enough to know where another magazine might come from. Like, I don't know. I, I, I freelance. I do this. I do that. I, I, how, I, about, I, how about, how yeah, about Condé Nast? Oh, wow. I mean, they, yeah, <laughs> shit. The publisher of the New Yorker and various other titles. Like, I mean, that's, that's the Willie Staley, like skate Grantland. Skate, skate Grantland. Yeah. That's a skate yeah, Grantland. That's, except yeah, that's a skate Grantland model except except for a print version yeah of course no it's it's tough to say where any of this would come from and it it probably won't and if we surveyed the kids at the skate park like hey did you read the latest issue of thrasher cover to cover they fucking didn't like yeah i mean when i when i subscribed to thrasher i didn't i would like flip through it and i'd be like these are some pretty sick photos like i don't i don't really want to read about this band i don't know this tour not that interesting whatever and like i just didn't really read that much and i don't know i I don't think that a print magazine is necessarily the right place for writing these days you know like you can just put that on the web i think it like i think the business model should be or like i don't know business model but the model that i see that would be good is the magazine is like this object that's beautiful full of like amazing photos and stuff like that maybe a little bit of writing and then you get the stories on the web you know where there's endless pages to you know you have like a ten thousand word interview or whatever so that that's kind of how i would would do it and it would be you know one would feed into the other and they'd be like in a symbiotic relationship so Condé asked you know let's talk i don't know i i still think that people I, I well yeah I was gonna say people still want that those fields of text in the pages but you know it's it's been a long ass time since young skaters like we all came up on Big Brother fields of text Transworld same Thrasher same like nobody's expecting to read a bunch of shit in their magazines and so I might be completely off base with thinking there needs to be a magazine that's like more literate but. You know, it feels like there's there's room for a website. And I think about the Ride Channel, which, you know, had a couple hey. couple years. I mean... Old, old Ride Channel alumni here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we all got work out of the deal, but it, it was cool in that it was like, this is the nerdy place where you can... I don't know. I, I wrote listicles about the best skater filmer teams or whatever. I mean... Jason, uh, yeah, no, it was it was Lucas Weisenthal who did the EMB oral history that you know got 
Yeah, that was <laughs> Sanch on his ass. It, you know, there's <laughs> there's value to like that kind of nerdy yet useful journalism when it comes to skateboarding. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't want to be like kids today, but like, if kids they have the option of reading something or listening to an audiobook, they're gonna listen to an audiobook. You know, you I mean? are the teacher within our rank, so yeah, I'm I'm in the I'm in the trenches every every damn day. So yeah, like I mean, if they have the option of reading something or listening to an audiobook, they're gonna listen to the audiobook. So I don't know, maybe like you know, on Substack they have the option where you can they can read it to you, maybe something like that. People make a lot of I don't know who actually I kind of do know who, but. Some people make a shit ton of money off of Substack. Yeah, I don't think skaters are going to be paying to read even the best Substacks, you know? Um, yeah. We're just not trained to pay for words. For, for anything. Yeah. But I think that there's definitely opportunities, you know? Like, how, how can you package up some skate content for TikTok that would actually work? Or... YouTube or whatever that would that would be cool that would be interesting that people would like I, I think that there's ways to do that it just people haven't put the effort into it or seen the opportunity but I, I think it's out there and well I yeah I mean there's definitely opportunity to think outside of the box like it doesn't have to be your traditional format your magazine format like here's the letters here's the features here's the pictures you know it can kind of be whatever. Yeah, like the world is your oyster, you know? Like you can make an immersive experience like for Oculus. Like what's this, What's the skate media play in Oculus or in <laughs> Second Life? Is that even still a thing anymore? Oh, boy. Probably don't use Escape in Second Metaverse? Life. Metaverse? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is that still a thing? Web 3.0, whatever? Metaverse, I don't... Whatever, whatever the meta thing was, you didn't have legs, so you can't skateboard. Oh, shit. That's that's gonna be know. their downfall. Well, Stevie Williams is all over the the metaverse shit. I don't, I don't know. Maybe want to partner with him. Can he's say got the deep pocket to to fund it. Yeah, like we'll say, um, Jenkum talked to skaters on t- TikTok, and I was you know recently talking to I don't know a skate filmer who's plugged into Southern California things where. He was talking about the McClung brothers doing, well, they, they got their own camera, you know, an HVX. Is that a Panasonic? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, they got they got their own good camera to do, like, YouTube stuff because I have no idea. But maybe <laughs> this is the expertise you tune in for on the uh, Mostly Skateboarding podcast. But, like, I think YouTube is more, you know, easily monetized than other platforms so skaters are getting cameras and they're gonna make youtube content that you know just people watch and is easy to do you know you make it an 11 minute video that you don't have to bust your ass for jumping down a nine stair like just make shit people want to watch it's a it, it is a uh weird new world what was what was that book called brave new world, brave new world. Brave yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, along the lines of YouTube, yeah. along the lines of YouTube, like uh, as the uh, gaming liaison on this podcast, a lot of the big Twitch streamers moved over to YouTube specifically for that reason. Yeah. Like the the money deal was a whole lot better. Yeah, I think if, you know, as a former professional social media person, I think YouTube is the channel that I would focus on. You know, like 
it's it's a place where people spend a lot of time and i don't know the other channels are pretty shit these days so youtube's the way to go and yeah you can monetize it but it do, it does take a lot more work than instagram well and i'm i'm curious i mean we're all old media people and i feel like a lot of the people listening to this thing are old media old media people too like i I want to see another monthly magazine. It's probably not going to happen. What What are you guys like interested in seeing? I'm interested in seeing new and interesting stuff. Like I, I want to see stuff on the web. Like I'm I'm not going to read a magazine. What about you, Jason? Yeah, I mean I'm kind of halfway between. I mean it is tight to get that magazine in your mailbox every month or every quarter. But I mean the way to deliver content is you know on these platforms like YouTube. Substack or you know whatever comes next so i mean if you can figure out a way to you know have a point of view and deliver content that people are interested in like the content is king like if you have good content people will seek it out you know yeah i think that's true yeah no matter what format it takes like if you're making good content it's going to get passed around and shared and people are going to see it people are going to be stoked indeed which brings us to the end of our show where we talk about what we're stoked on mike what are you stoked on this week? Guys, I'm incredibly stoked to tell you that the Minnesota Timberwolves are winning games. They are the first, the number one, the top of the Western Conference standings. They just beat the Jazz as we recorded this podcast. I've been a Minnesota Timberwolves basketball team fan for the past 20 years. I love Kevin Garnett. He was the first good player they ever had and uh what, what about marbury i i i wasn't even i wasn't paying attention jr right no no i mean i knew of him but it was too young right. it was garnett cassell spreewell and now it's like rudy gobert carl towns anthony edwards and they just beat the utah jazz as we were we were recording this Life is good as a Minnesota Timberwolves fan for the first time in 20 years. So stoked on that. Want to mention, I just had, uh, well, it was two weeks ago now, but got a new story on quartersnacks.com. It's about video lengths and how they have changed over years. And I got to talk to some cool people about that for the story. Um, Josh Stewart, he listens to the podcast. Thanks for listening, Josh. And thanks for the interview, too. If I'm talking directly to a listener now, that's <laughs> weird. Yeah, I got, got, got to talk to some cool people and actually work with both 4ply and Skate Video site on, like, crunching numbers. I didn't, I didn't do the spreadsheet shit. That's not my bag. But those guys did, Pete and Sean. And those guys did an incredible job. So please look at that story. And then I'm also stoked this week on uh, an episode of Fresh Air on NPR that aired this week. It's about UFOs and conspiracy theories, but it's like, you know, they, they, they lay out how nothing probably landed or crash landed in, in the U.S. in the 1940s, especially when we were at heightened alert. But they get into some cosmological questions about, like, how likely is it that there's intelligent life in the universe and... It got pretty interesting. I don't know. It's a, it's a great package of like what could happen, what did happen, why we were so paranoid. It was a great listen. I was sitting 
outside my kid's dance class in a darkened car listening to it waiting for dance to be over. Great situation. Hey, Jason, what are you stoked on this week? Stoked on Venture Trucks out of San Francisco, California. Stoked on the new DGK video that dropped the day before Thanksgiving, I think. Uh, I was thankful for it. Specifically, Brian Reed's part. He had last part. It's fucking next level. I mean, uh, hopefully he'll have his name on a board pretty soon. Probably sooner rather than later. Stoked on another another little video called Chrome Zone out in NYC from this guy, Sam Zentner. A lot of the Richmond homies are in that. And stoked on the fact that the discography of the band Camel, this 70s prog rock band from England, is on streaming. So I've been stoked on that. One song, if you want to listen to one song by Camel, it's the song Ice. So check it out. Ice by Camel. Templeton, what are you stoked on this week? I am stoked on Satsumas. They're like a little Mandarin orange, but a little extra sweeter than uh, your average orange. So stoked on those. You can only get them at the fancy grocery store. So head out there while they're in season and get them. That's what I'm stoked on. You'll be stoked too if you get one or two or a bag of them. That's it for our show this week. Be sure to check out mostlyskateboarding.net for links to the things that we talked about and other show notes. Until next time, you can keep up with us all week online. Jason, where can the people find you? On the Twitter, at Carbonate1994. On the Instagram, at FrozenCarbonate. And writing stuff for QuarterSnacks.com. Working on it. Working on some new stuff. Uh, Mike, where can the people find you? I post on Twitter at M Munzenreiter and uh, post on my story at M Munzenreiter on Instagram. Holy cow, I inverted my whole scheme here. Was lost. Templeton, <laughs> where can the people find you? Uh, if you're lost, you can find me on Twitter at Mostly Skate and on Instagram at Mostly Skateboarding. We will see you guys next week. Later. All right, short and sweet. <laughs>